Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California, with my two sisters, Julie Dolan. You're in Dallas, Texas. Welcome back. Kind of first day of school vibe here at Satellite Sisters. Yes, I have my new outfit on, new shoes. I am ready to go. I've got sharpened pencils. I can't wait, sisters. Happy to be with you. And Leon Dolan, you're in Pasadena, California. This is the first day of our... 18th season, Leon. Can you believe it? Uh, I can't believe it. When we recorded our first Satellite Sisters, my youngest son was seven months old. Oh my and God. now he's going to sophomore in college. Wow. I think when we, Leon, I think when we recorded the first podcast or first um, radio show, I thought you were 18. So <laughs> yeah, it's hard I know. To believe. <laughs> that we've been doing this for 18 years. So. I know. For those of you who are new listeners, we're going to give you a little bit of the background of Satellite Sisters in a second. I know we have a lot of people that got in on the eclipse excitement. Yes. They found the show then, and maybe you stuck with us. We're happy to have you. So stay, stay right there. Don't change the dial because we're going to give you a little bit of background on Satellite Sisters. But first, we want you to know we have actually a guest coming up on the show. We're going to talk to Betsy from Houston. If you're a longtime Satellite Sister listener and part of our Facebook group, you know Betsy is very active poster there. Uh, she organized our Austin meetup a year and a half ago when I went to Austin. Betsy was there with her son, Henry, and Henry's dog, Scout, and we, she organized a great meetup. And Betsy has been posting frequently from Houston. Everybody knows what happened there. So we're going to talk to Betsy about how she's doing. I'm looking forward to that because mm -hmm. she is kind of, she's been through it all in this week. Her, phone, her house was safe, but she had to move her dad out of his house. She had to take her son to college. She's a social worker. She has clients she's been dealing with. So I I think we're going to get a, a personal story from Betsy. Um, we're also going to talk about the family reunion right. and our family reunion, which seems crazy, but people were asking. So uh, people want to know who won the talent show. That was the main thing people wanted to know, Leanne, was who scored in the talent show because Julie was quite adamant before we took our August hiatus that there needed to be medals. Right, yes. Julie? Yes, I, I, yes, we're going to talk about all of that. And we had medals. We had judges. We had medals. And we had a fierce competition we in the did. family uh, talent show. Uh, and just because it's been such a super month, we're going to talk about North Korea. Cause... <laughs> yes, I yeah. want to thank Heidi, who posted in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group yesterday, you guys picked a heck of a month to go dark. Well, Heidi, it kind of seems that way every month now, so we're not sure we can totally fix that, but we know that Julie is our resident North Korea expert. She's been there. So, Julie, you do have a few thoughts. I do, Liz. Okay. And then none of them are good, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Darn it. Darn it. Um, but first, a little bit of background for people as we launch our 18th season here at Satellite Sisters. Satellite Sisters started in, well, it was an idea in the late 90s, people. That's 
that long. <laughs> Remember the 90s? Yes. When hip-hop was new? Yeah, so uh, it was an idea in the 90s, and we started recording Satellite Sisters. We were on public radio for the first couple of years of our career. We had this idea that five sisters could get together and talk about life. And even though we had the same parents, we had very different points of view on things and we had very different lives. We were married, we were divorced, we were single, we had little kids, we had older kids, we had big careers, we had no careers. Uh, and we thought we could bring all that to the table. So we were on public radio for three years. And some of you have been listening since our public radio days. You're the best. We love you. Stick <laughs> with us. Uh, and then we moved to ABC radio, uh, where we did a live show on public radio. We did a one hour tape show on ABC radio. We did a live show three hours a day, eventually six days a week, which is crazy now when you think about it, isn't it? <laughs> it is. That's a lot of talking. That is, that's how we learn to literally talk about anything. Like, you'd be driving to the studio at 6 o'clock in the morning think, thinking, oh my God, I hope someone like hits me or something dramatic I can talk about on the show. <laughs> And uh, and so that we, we spent six great years at ABC and we would have done that forever. But the universe had other plans for us. <laughs> Mainly Disney sold off the radio division and there was a worldwide financial crisis. But that didn't stop us. It did not. We practically invented podcasting, Leon. <laughs> Podcast pioneers. We were there. We had the covered wagon. We had the Laura Ing Ingalls little dresses and hats. We were out there in the wilderness podcasting, right? 2008, we yeah. 2008, we fired up our own production company, and we went to work uh, producing Satellite Sisters as a podcast. Um, we've, we just do a one-hour show now, but we have a lot to say in that one hour. Uh, we also do a couple of TV recaps, so you're going to hear more about those later. And we've carried on because we feel like even though we didn't really have a job doing it anymore, we weren't <laughs> out of things to say, right? <laughs> It's a job now. I mean, a job in a good way. I feel yeah. an obligation to the Satellite Sisterhood. So there are so many of you out there who have stuck with us for so long. So it's kind of nice to know that people are hanging in and curious about our opinions on the world. That's right. So we want to thank you. If you're new to the show, you know Liz is going to tell you a little bit more later about how to stay in touch. But there are literally hundreds of episodes of Satellite Sisters. So if you're confused why there are so many, it's because we've been around for so long. <laughs> so, and in various stages and ages and studios and in good times and bad, we've been here. So uh, that's a little bit of the history for those of you who are new listeners. But let's talk about the cast of characters. I mean, I am the old, uh, this is Julie, I'm the oldest sister, and that um, position affords me no respect whatsoever. <laughs> While I expect my younger siblings to look up to me, to uh, honor and respect my point of view, I don't find that that happens that much on the podcast, but whatever. Uh, so I'm the oldest sister. Um, I've lived abroad. I've been all over the place, lived in Russia, lived in Thailand. Yes, took a girlfriend's trip to North Korea. In my spare time, I'm also urban Nana. I proudly rule my empire of four grandchildren. And I would do anything for those grandchildren other than go to a children's museum, which I hate because <laughs> they're cold, they're wet, 
they're noisy, and they're dark. I also enjoy royal watching. I'm very busy doing that. Even though, again, royalty is ridiculous, I have to say this is a very proud week when that little commoner, Kate, <laughs> announced her third pregnancy. She really didn't have to do that, did she, sister? She I mean, did she not. She was set. She was already set. And she has taken one for the team. And by know, team, like, I mean the she, entire you know, freaking she, world. I know. I know and she I has mean, those terrible pregnancies. I know. And, you know, we feel so badly for her. But the only one that feels worse than uh, than Kate is Harry, because he's now bumped down a whole nother level. There's going to be yet another sibling <laughs> that's ahead of him in line to become King of England. So that will never happen. So that's what and I, you know, if I that's what I think you should know about uh, me. Julie, the oldest sister. All right, I'm Liz. I'm the middle sister. And, you know, we also have three brothers and two sisters that aren't on the podcast uh, anymore. So there are eight of us. So I'm number four of the eight. So that's, you're really like deep in the middle when you're number four of eight. I've had a very lively business career working in all kinds of big global marketing jobs. Most recently, I was the global marketing director for the National Geographic Channel. Before that, I ran marketing for the Oprah Winfrey Network. And before that, I was I ran marketing at Nike. So I got that going on. But last year, I traded it all in to become full-time podcaster, basically. Or I should say part-time podcaster and then part-time doing whatever I want. So I, I host this show with my sisters, with Julie and Leanne, and we do a lot of things outside of the actual podcast, too. And I have another show I do. It's a workplace advice show called I Hate My Boss, where I actually get to be a lot bossier than I get to be on this show, because this show, I have my sisters to, like, disagree with me. On that show, there's, there's a coach who, like, he's a super nice guy, so he doesn't, he doesn't shut me down in the same kind of way. But I've really embraced the podcasting world. And then, you know, other things I do, you'll, you'll get time to time reports on what I call Operation Sea Turtle, which is my commitment to health and fitness, so, which has its ups and downs. But I'm channeling the energy of my spirit animal, the sea turtle. So that's me, Liz, the middle sister. <laughs> All right. I'm Leanne. I'm the youngest sister. I live in Pasadena, California. I've been married almost 25 years uh, in January, which is hard to believe because I'm because I'm 30. Uh, and <laughs> in my mind, that's what I am. About 33 in my mind. I'm about 33. Uh, I have two sons. Both are in college now. I have a big German shepherd, Steffi, you're going to hear from. It, outside of Satellite Sisters, I've been a writer and a producer in various forms, everything from magazines to TV pilots to fiction to nonfiction. And I love writing. Uh, I just finished up a third manuscript, so hopefully that'll be out sometime in 2018. I'll keep you updated on that. Uh, I love living in California. I've lived here for the better part of the last 30 years. Uh, I enjoy cooking <laughs> and gardening. And we enjoy your cooking. We do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I enjoy watching television. So... <laughs> That's what you need to know about me, I think. We also have two other sisters, Sheila and Monica. For the first 
15 years of Satellite Sisters they participated. Uh, now they have chosen not to do the podcast anymore, but they're still there in our hearts and in our archives. <laughs> they're still our sisters. Yeah, they're still alive. Yes, I know. I know. No, we still talk to them all the time. I, Everything's good. Everything's, everything's fine. fine. It's just, you know, this is the job for us, and they are teachers and nurses, and they uh, can't make time in their schedule now. But um, you will hear Sheila and Monica in the archives if you go in to listen to any of our older shows. So, yeah, so let me tell you about that. Other things you can go find out on your own about us so we don't have to tell you the whole history. Our website is SatelliteSisters.com. And if you go there, you'll see there's a whole listen to the shows page. All of the audio of our previous podcasts are there. There's also information about the books we've published, the two Satellite Sisters books, and then Leon's novels. There's information on that there. We post events there when we're doing listener events. You'll find that there. And generally, you know, that's sort of the home online for, uh, for Satellite Sisters. But... The livelier exchange, there are two ways to play on Facebook. If you like our Facebook page, which is just called Satellite Sisters, um, that's good because everything important always gets posted there first. Any new episode gets posted there. Events get listed there. That's our way to tell you our news. Then you can also join our Facebook group. So when you when you go into Facebook and just search on Satellite Sisters, Satellite Sisters, you'll see something called Satellite Sisters Public Group, and you should join that because that's where you get to post and interact with the whole Satellite Sisters. That's everyone talking together. And as Liam said, Betsy, who we're having up on this show in a few minutes, she posts there all the time. That's why we feel so close to Betsy, because she's part of the Facebook group. So go check that out. You can follow Satellite Sisters on Twitter. We're at Sat Sisters. We're also at Sat Sisters on Instagram. I personally, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at SS Liz. And um, because there are so many Nazis in the news again, I would just like to say that SS Liz stands for Satellite Sister Liz. Okay? I never, I know. I never used to have to clarify that. It was so clearly okay. SS oh, means good. Satellite very, Sister. Very good point, Liz. I just want yep. to put that I, out. And let's just say we're against Nazis. Yes, we're not. Unequivocally anti-Nazi. So yep, I'm... Yeah. I'm at SS Liz. Leon, you are at Leon Dolan. Can you spell yep. your name for people? L I A N D O L A N. And Julie, what is your Twitter handle? It's at Sat Sister Julie. No, okay. I don't think it is. I no, think it's, it's at Julie Satsis. Oh, at Julie Satsis. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You knew that. You knew what it was. You just wanted well, to embarrass me. No, okay. I just thought you knew too. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, and if you want Satellite Sisters merch, because I know you want it, uh, that is available if you go to cafepress.com slash Satellite Sisters. You'll see all kinds of logo merchandise you can buy there. I personally was thrilled to have my Orbit logo hat, my official Satellite Sisters hat, to wear for the eclipse. Because okay. it's... I our... think we've covered that eclipse <laughs> You're done. I mean, seriously. Okay, the eclipse is over, but we still have the Orbit logo merch available. Cafepress.com slash Satellite Sisters. And everything I just said, we'll also put into the show notes. So if you're listening to the show on your smartphone, you can just tap the cover art and all of the notes are right there. So you'll see all of those links. But then we do also have a couple of events coming up. You guys have a, a Dallas book signing? 
Yes, we Wednesday, September 13th from 2 to 3:30, we're going to be at St. Michael's Women's Gift Exchange in Dallas, Texas. And can I just say if you haven't been there, this is the ultimate in gift shops. I mean, it is a fantastic gift shop and that the money that they raise at this gift shop, they have donated last year over $400,000 to local charities. Okay, wow. so profits from the gift shop uh, go to go to local charities. It's run by the St. Michael's Women's Group, and but you're going to love it. So I think you all should try to make a day of it. You should come to Dallas. You should come to the St. Michael's Women's Gift Exchange. We're going to be Leanne and I are going to be there, which is going to be awesome. But it's a great in the it's in the Highland Park Village Shopping Center. Cute places to eat lunch. They've got bakeries. They've got an upscale grocery store, Leanne. I want to show you that you're just going to love. Okay. And uh, all sorts of fun things. So make a day of it Wednesday, September 13th, 2 to 3.30. Come to Dallas. We'd love to talk to you. And I'll keep this short. This is Liz. I'm giving a speech on Thursday, September 28th in Portland, Oregon at the Women's Center for Leadership. So there's info about that on our Satellite Sisters Facebook page. You can buy tickets for that. So, okay, here we are. Uh, A lot happened during the month of August. Uh, But, Julie, everybody wants to know, you're the resident North Korea expert. What do you think we should be thinking about now with all things North Korea. Right. Okay. Uh, that is, uh, it's incredible that I took a five day tr- girlfriend trip to Pyongyang and the DMZ about six years ago to North Korea. So here's my take on the really bad news that we heard over the weekend that North Korea, Korea had just had their sixth nuclear test and they detonated a bomb that was 10 times more powerful than any kind of bomb they could make even last year, okay? I have I have a couple thoughts about this. First, you know, when you go to North Korea, which you're never going to be able to do anymore because now the uh, State Department has denied Americans, uh, they you know, from going to North Korea, which is a really good idea. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that you would go to see is the mausoleum housing Kim... Uh, Kim Il-sung. He is the frozen grandfather dictator of the current leader, Kim Jong-un. Okay, so the grandfather is frozen. You go into this mausoleum and they've got harps playing. People are wailing. They revere this guy like a god. And so the people of North Korea, whether out of their out of their own hearts or because of the, you know, the brutal dictatorship, they attribute God-like qualities to their leaders. So sadly, Kim Jong-un, who is the current leader, has been given those God-like powers and God-like qualities that he knows the best thing for the North Korean people. So what I'm really concerned about is there's no one sitting around the conference table disagreeing with this godlike leader. There's no one say, saying to Kim Jong-un in North Korea, like, hey, maybe we ought to back off. Maybe maybe these nuclear weapons aren't such a good idea. Maybe there could be some retaliation from the United States if we continue to do this nuclear testing. No one is saying that. Anyone Because that they been... either believe he has these powers or they're too afraid to say out loud right. that or, he does Exactly, Liz. Or they're dead. Or, you know, yeah. or Kim Jong-un killed them. has, you know, killed has them. shot them in a firing squad with machine guns or sicked large packs of dogs on you, you know, to kill them that way. So 
that is of great concern. The other thing that you realize when you visit North Korea is they do not have a plan B. And what I mean by that, here in the U.S., I would say, really, in our heart of hearts, our plan A is world peace. Okay, I think that's what Americans want, world peace. Okay, plan B in the in the United States might be nuclear deterrence. Okay, we can't have world peace, and so we're going to get all these w- nuclear weapons, but we're never really going to fire them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the war issue is way down our choice level, our cho- a list of choices. But in North Korea, war is plan A, okay? That when you go there, they don't have roads. They, all the roads are runways. I mean, the, when we drove around, you were on these things, and I was like, wow, these are really ro- wide roads. And they're like, oh, it's for the airplanes, okay? They only have one approach, which is they want to destroy the imperialist Americans, okay? They want to reunite the uh, Korean Peninsula, and the evil Americans are standing in their way. But isn't it also, Julie, that, I mean, not necessarily that they want to attack us or Japan or South Korea as much as they want us to really believe they are ready to do that. No, they really want – no, I, that's what I'm saying, Liz. They really want to attack us. That's – they have been working towards it, and now they have a bomb to do it. They have – they have – you know, we have made fun of them. We have mocked them. We have mocked their leaders. You know, we've appeased them. We you sent know, the Dennis China, Rodman. Right. We did send Dennis Rodman. But I, I – my heart of hearts, they really want to destroy the Americans, okay? It's like going back to the Korean War when you go there. I mean, that – that's what I mean. That's their only plan. It's I don't think they have like a plan B, like where they're going to draw the United States into something and then back off at the last minute. I don't that's that's not the impression you get when you're there in person. So um, that's okay, you're right. This is not good news. This, this is, is not really... good news at all, sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think, you know, I think that our, our government, other governments, we have to do everything we can to pressure the Chinese. They are the only lever, you know, that might be able to convince the North Koreans to to black, back away from their plan A, which is war, you know, so. Hmm. OK, well, again, I just want to give our thanks to Kate Middleton for <laughs> I mean, yes. some bright spot. You're right. Taking one I mean, for the team. She. Okay. Just so, so much bad news except for you, Kate. Yes. And okay. we don't even believe in royalty. But whatever, you're, you're playing this game exactly the way we need you to. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm sorry, Julie. Do you have anything? We have no, Betsy standing by. and. I we have Betsy standing by in Houston, so I just, okay, all right, okay, we're going to take a break, a word from our sponsor, and then we're going to connect with Betsy in Houston to see what she, how she's doing there. Stay with us, we're the Satellite Sisters. And thanks, Satellite Sisterhood, for supporting the people that support us. Okay, we're going to try to give it a whirl and connect with uh, Betsy in Houston, so stand by. Okay. <laughs> let, you let can do this, Leon. I know I can do it. I'm I'm super helpful. Hello. Hey, hey. Betsy. It's the hey, sisters. All right. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> sisters. It's Skype magic, Betsy. Hello. This is Liz. How are you doing? I am fine. We're Good. on the road to recovery, I think. 
All right. That well, sounds can, positive. Yeah. Can you, do you want to relive the hurricane? Can you take <laughs> us back to that night? Does it seem like it was about a million years ago or does it seem like it was yesterday? A kind of a combination of both depending yeah. on the moment. I just literally, before I got on this call, started taking stuff down because we put everything up as high as we could get it in case our house flooded. So I, or this morning I thought, you know, if I put everything back where it goes, I might feel start feeling like I'm living a normal life again. Yeah. Um, and then it does seem like it's been so long. So our situation was a little different in that my son Henry is 19 and he is medically complex. And we've been waiting for him to have a surgery all summer. And they scheduled it for that Thursday um, before the hurricane, which also happened to be the Thursday before the weekend where he was supposed to move back to college. Right, so right. It was awful timing, but we, you know, we, we'd been waiting for it all summer. So we were like, whatever, we'll go ahead. So he was in the hospital Thursday and Friday, and they couldn't decide really if they should keep him or discharge him because they didn't want us to get flooded into our house. But we ended up deciding to go home on Friday. And it started rain. It was already raining. Um, so I realized um, while we were still in the hospital that we were without his emergency seizure rescue medication. So I started working on that project. And my husband started panicking because he we had gotten what we thought was fake news saying that we were going to get 50 inches of rain and it was going to be catastrophic and you know, hundreds of thousands of people were going to flood. And we and really, you dismissed that thinking that could not be real? Yes. We really thought it was fake news. Um, <laughs> but it spurred okay. my husband into action and he started putting things in our attic. So he started putting food and water up there. He's, he's kept it. Did you have an axe up in your attic too? We had an axe. Good. We had multiple tools up there. We had paper towels, toilet paper, plastic bags. My husband is the Mr. Boy Scout. So we were, you know, he was well prepared for us to live up in the attic. Um, we, he kept insisting that we, you know, spurring me on with the medication of getting this rescue medicine because he was like, we need rescue medicine in the attic. We need rescue medicine in our dry bags um, in case we have to evacuate. So I was like, you need to calm down. This is not <laughs> Katrina. Right. We are going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... He was like, well, we need to be prepared. I'm like, we're, no one's going to be in their attics or on their roof. Just just calm down. Well, you know, we all know now how that turned yeah. out. Um, so it just kept raining and raining and raining. And meanwhile, we had power through the entire storm. Wow. Um, Betsy, what part of Houston do you live in? If people are, I know we have a bunch of satellite sisters who were affected by Harvey. What part of the city are you in? We live in Meyerland. Okay. So Meyerland Meyer is one of the communities that has been really front and center. Okay. In fact, the way that I leave my neighborhood was on the, it was the opening image for the national news one day. Okay. Uh, there was, was a picture. That's never the, a good sign. That right. The picture with the, with the street signs and there's, there are pe two people in a boat and they're like, it's like they're on rapids. Right. right. You posted it on our Facebook group and it was yeah. just such an incredible shot and such right. a terrible thing to think that you were close to that. Yep. So we were super close. Um, so we we're watch. I mean, we we're watching TV the whole time. We're on, you know, social media. Our friends who 
um, ended up on the, I had multiple friends on roofs and attics um, being rescued by boats, but everyone still had power, which was That's kind amazing. Of, Actually, which is kind of scary, though, given the high, the high water and yeah. the power. Weren't you yeah. worried about that? We were. So we what we did when when the water came about six feet from our door. So we started unplugging everything and um, we kept our TV plugged in and our um, little, you know, uh, one outlet, one extension cord for our phones and the refrigerator. We unplugged everything else because we were afraid if water started coming in that we would get electrocuted mm -hmm. because the power was on. And, um, you know, people were really worried about fires. Miraculously, there I think there were some fires, but the fires were not bad. And um, I, I think a few people did get electrocuted, but it really was could have been so much worse. And I'm so proud of our infrastructure here in Houston and how it really stood up to that unbelievable disaster. But our friends are like posting on Facebook from their attics and from their roofs because they all had power still. And um, it's just, it was so surreal. And I don't think it really hit us until, well, it didn't hit me until I got out of town on Tuesday. Well, I guess I should go back. So on Monday, um, I started getting really nervous. I was really concerned about having Henry in the house and worrying that he would go into status, which means con constant seizures. I, I just, um, I don't, I was thinking about you, Betsy, because I know what Henry goes through and you're so open about talking about it. And I just thought that there, there were a lot of people in your shoes in that situation, people who had dire medical, you know, serious medical conditions. And that's uh -huh. just an extra layer or 10 extra layers of stress for someone going through this. So I thought we've got to get out of this house before it floods. So we started trying to evacuate or get rescued. But we we have a friend who has a military vehicle that has like seven foot tires, mm -hmm. like this ginormous military vehicle. I don't know why he owns Texas this, is great. It's great. <laughs> Texas. Texas. Yeah. <laughs> because Texas. I mean. Uh -huh. So he tried, he tried for hours to get to us and he could not get to our house. Wow. And you couldn't use your cars. I mean, were your cars uh, wiped out at this point or are they no, high and dry? No, cars were high and dry, but okay, no, we could good. not drive anywhere <laughs> because our street was completely flooded. And the only way we could have gotten out was on a boat. And I didn't really want Henry having seizures in a boat oh, either gosh. in flood water. So we made the choice to stay. So we, which ended up being the best decision, I think, um, but we did, when we thought we were leaving, we had packed dry bags with the service dog's food in it. Henry has a service dog. And all our IDs, our passports, our marriage license, our birth certificate, social security cards, all of that kind of stuff. Food for Henry and I, because Henry's on the ketogenic diet for epilepsy, and I have celiac, and I'm allergic to nuts and peanuts. So I'm oh not Oh, my God, Betsy, your life is complicated. It is. <laughs> so we packed all that, and clothing and everything in dry bags because we thought, okay, if we have, you know, if we have to get out of here, everything's going to be wet. Um, we need to keep all this dry. So of course my husband being the boy scout has all the dry bags and we had everything organized to go. Um, and we ultimately did not have to go on Tuesday. Well, Monday night, miraculously our street started, um, started draining mm. and we still are not sure why, but, our street started draining, and by Tuesday morning, 
I thought I could get out of town. Right. And Henry's college had actually started on Monday. So he was, he's type A personality. So he was stressed out that he wasn't at school. Right. Um, even though they were assuring him that they realized that his neighborhood was on national news and right. that we, you know, nobody was going to think he was a slacker. So Tuesday, we, um, I loaded Henry in the car as fast as I could before they released those reservoirs. And we just made a break for it and got to Austin and got him in school. Now, when we got there, we realized he had flip-flops and hiking boots. He had no regular shoes. But... Well, uh, oh, well. That's really <laughs> all, all you these need things can be procured in Austin, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Right? Well, you had what you needed. And then I realized he only had one pair of socks, but it didn't really matter because he had no shoes to wear the socks with. So. Good point. Don't worry, Betsy. I sent lots of socks to Houston this past week. So, <laughs> so he and, you know, he, we had like a week's worth of medicine, but we were like, okay, we're here. We'll figure out a way to get that stuff up there. So I got him kind of um, settled in. He and I both started stressing out the minute we got out of Houston. Um, yeah, feeling I thought like that was to be there. I thought Go that ahead. was interesting. I noticed on your Facebook page, like you felt post-traumatic stress after you left Houston and you were there in Austin. I, that's, that's when I was like, Oh, I'd like to talk to Betsy. What was that like? Yeah. So we just felt this sense of a sense of guilt of not being here. Um, a sense of reality of what had actually happened. I think when we were living through it, you can't let that affect you because you're just trying to survive. So you're just trying to make this powering through. Powering through, you know, we were, of course, up all night, all of these nights watching the water. We would um, walk to the back door and look at the rain gauge, and then we'd walk to the front door and look at the street, the prog- you know, where the, the water line, and then we'd sit down for an hour, and then after an hour, we'd do exactly the same thing again. Um, so we were not sleeping. Um, you know, of course, my kids were stressed out. Henry actually was a less stressed than he would have been because he had just had surgery. So he was kind of miserable. And that actually was a good thing because he was sleeping a lot and not watching as much of the news. My 13 year old Sam was really stressed out. Um, he's kind of a calm person like me, but of course it was really affecting him and we were cooped up. So every time it started like not raining quite as hard, um, we were like, Sam, go outside, go, you know, ride your bike in donuts around the driveway, <laughs> go right. check the drain system. So he was going out probably once an hour, every two hours, emptying the drains in the backyard, you know, getting the leaves and stuff out of the drains in the backyard. We recently had very extensive drainage work done on our backyard, um, which worked great. Um, but of course it kept getting clogged up. So he was going out there cleaning that out. You know, at one point all the neighbors were just outside you know, with our beer and wine in our raincoats and um, rain boots, just like hanging out because what else are you going to do? It felt extremely safe from predators at that point because mm-hmm. no one could get to us. So we were <laughs> literally like on our little island and it was just our neighbors and us. And, um, you know, we were just all hanging out. And Did you we- see any critters in the water, like gators <laughs> or snakes or those Fire ants are bad too. Oh, the fi- they're they're so they're floating colonies of fire ants. And yes, oh we God. did see those. I just kind of tried to stay out of the water. Sam okay. took over my hunter rain boots, and so so my thirteen year old boy was wandering around in 
glossy black hunter rain boots. <laughs> I don't think he'll be traumatized. I think no. I think he'll be fine. I don't think the rain boots are going to do it anyway. But he saw, yes, he saw a lot of floating ant beds. He kept talking about the floating ant beds, and he saw a couple of snakes. Um, we did not see any alligators, but we we have reports of alligators in our neighborhood, in our immediate neighborhood, which is crazy. Um, it's pretty urban where we, it's, it's a really old suburb. So it's really close to downtown, but, mm. you know, built like a suburb. Um, so, but it's crazy to think that there were be alligators here, but there were. Um, so and, what does it feel like now, Betsy, the recovery? I mean, is it, what does it feel like to be there? Like, do you sense like, oh, we're going to get through this? Or is it just as you drive around, is it, a sinking feeling like it's much worse than you would have imagined? It is. Our neighborhood is really devastated. Um, I feel, I worry for the future of like how many people are going to move out. What's the, you know, kind of landscape of our neighborhood going to be like, um, they keep changing our flood. Um, the, our, I can't think of what the word is, but there are certain, um, like building restrictions on uh-huh. what you can and can't do. Right. Oh, Sam just came and whispered, whispered in my ear, the floodplain. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sam. It's good to have a little bit of science for some of this right. stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Res- yeah. You've become resident experts. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I worry about that. We are experts in re- remediating flood flooded homes. So, um, I have been working and I must, I have been working with my patients and also just kind of going through the neighborhood, but it's overwhelming. Everybody in Houston is getting really, really tired. Um, right. school doesn't start till the 11th at the earliest for most people. Luckily, Sam's school was not flooded. So he's actually starting tomorrow. Um, so that's super exciting, but many of the schools are not opening for quite a while and moms are at their wits end because they were already at their wits end because school was about to start. Right. And now it's like, and now there's more of being home and now everything's kind of a disaster. Our neighborhood grocery store is flooded. Yeah. I was wondering about businesses and just, yeah, day-to-day life there. Yeah. So we believe our post office is flooded. We did get mail yesterday wow. on labor day and today God bless the u.s postal service that yes. is just just as promised right right and amazon has been delivering like since i think tuesday okay. <laughs> yeah crazy the packages have been coming and um, we did start getting the mail and they did start they started delivering i think on sunday um i can't really remember we forget that you know like what we, day it is I, yeah yeah, and I totally forgot that everybody else had a national holiday right. yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just that sense of there's no sense of time. There's no sense of what day of the week it is. Everybody is just trying to, you know, figure out, I guess, what the new normal is. Um, I think our, like, I think I already said this. I think our post office flooded. There are a lot of banks and bakeries and coffee shops and things like that around. How's the gas? How's the gas situation? Are you getting, cause I, we had a gas panic here in Dallas. We had no gas last week. Um, do you have gas in Houston? Yeah, we have plenty of gas in Houston. Okay, good, good. <laughs> so I was, when I was in Austin, I thought I wasn't going to be able to get home because I didn't have any, I couldn't find gas, but, um, yeah, the gas, there's not really a gas shortage here. 
Um, Betsy, Betsy, it's Liz. You mentioned working with your patients. What kind of work do you do? So I am, I own a speech pathology, speech therapy company. I'm a speech pathologist and I also do corporate consulting in the areas of usability and accessibility, mm -hmm. um, which I'm grateful for. I'm trying to build that now because the other thing that really hit me hard about this whole situation is most of my income right now is based here in Houston. Right. And I could oh, yeah. so easily lose my business. Right. Um, yes. Oh, what an added yeah. worry on top of everything else. Right. So I, I was actually on a phone call earlier today talking um, to some people who are, I was like, okay, I'm, I am like going forward full force with this consulting because I need to diversify my income out of my immediate area. Um, but my patients that I refer to are patients of my speech therapy company and two of them who live very close to me um, were both flooded. Um, one home, they have seven children oh, and wow. kind of you know, daily life is a struggle, much less without water in your house. The kids were in the attic during part of the storm, had to be rescued by a boat. And um, I went to see them over the weekend to kind of give mom a break. She's pregnant also to oh kind of God. give her a break and they immediately started playing on an app called my play home on my iPad. And my play home is like a virtual dollhouse. And they started saying things like we need to pack all our stuff because on the weather, it says it's going to rain and our house is going to flood and we need to go up in the attic and we need, you know, just plain flood basically. Mm -hmm. um, and it really hit me how, how this is so odd. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's odd that we all know how to remediate a flooded house. It's odd that, you know, there are kids who are playing flood and talking about being in a boat and mm -hmm. evacuated in the boat. Um, the other family is um, two little girls who were adopted by a woman. She's now 69 and they're five and six. So oh, wow. she's had oh, you posted photos of them on your Facebook yeah. page. You were looking for an alternate place for them to stay. Did you find a place for them to go? I did. My friends, Will and Christy, have taken them in, and so they're over there. Today, they're actually at a local church at their um, flood camp. Everybody's having starting flood camps, so they're over there. Mom is packing the apartment today and moving. She has to be out by tomorrow, um, So, but it's just, you know, a lot of people are totally paralyzed by what they have to do. Um, I can see that because yeah. there's something too about flood damage that's just you know awful to look at and just I I can see that that you'd be paralyzed without any structure of school or business to go to you might not yeah. have a car you right know. I mean, right it's, it's like a, a million over a million cars were flooded in Houston yeah I mean that... oh, yes. and I think it's about 25 percent of the people that I know were directly flooded. Everybody's yeah. affected. We're we're all right. affected, but about twenty five percent of the people I know had homes who were flood that were flooded, mm -hmm. which is huge. It's just enormous. And yeah, it, and you had to move your dad, right? My father in law. So my father in law flooded. Um, his home's a total loss. So we we um, went and did his his house day before yesterday. We had twenty five friends and family, people from church and school and Boy Scouts who came and helped us. And we got that done in three and a half hours, but they, they've owned that house for 60 years. Oh, mm. That is so, heartbreaking. That is really heartbreaking. And everything smells. I think that's the other thing that's very hard 
um, emotionally is the, like, I think it was Leon who yeah. was talking, that was talking about, it's so gross. It's gross. Like it's yeah. Rot- yeah. Everything yeah. smells, paperwork that was left near the floor, everything's wet because of the humidity, but things that were left on the floor or near the floor are soaking wet and you're trying to, you know, salvage financial documents and things like that that are just starting to mold and it's it's just awful it it makes us organize our house completely differently than we did before our neighborhood started flooding um so i keep everything up and i was actually on an organizing podcast they taped they recorded it yesterday talking about organizing for a storm or for okay uh, okay betsy you are amazing you can i just say that <laughs> like even in an average situation just following your life on facebook you are amazing but like it, the last seven days hats off man hats off to you <laughs> thank you you know betsy just to to finish here um I know we've seen remarkable stories about Houstonians coming together and, you know, being Texans and helping each other out. Is that what you've seen actually with your own eyes? What has your experience been? Obviously with your dad's house, that's tremendous, but what else have you seen? Oh, it's all, it's all local organizations. Both my families, both my patients' families that flooded, I have been able to get church groups in there that they were not members of or a part of at all beforehand just calling around. I called my administrative assistant. She got the family with the seven kids. She got people over there immediately. And these are all just people. So mm-hmm. not FEMA, not Red Cross, not any of those big organizations. It is all super local, just neighbors helping neighbors, you know, people coming in and doing what they can. It doesn't matter what race, creed, color, you know, political organization you're a part of. Everybody is just helping out everybody. And really, things would not have gotten done without that. The other thing about water damage is you've got to, the faster you can get the water out of the house, the better. The longer it sits in there, it just gets worse and worse and worse. So time is really, really of the essence with flooding. And our neighborhood, our community has been amazing. I went over to a church yesterday to get clothes for my patients' families. And there were, it was a full, like, church gym, just full of clothing divided by sizes and food and cleaning supplies. And it, it's incredible, the amount of just the entire community pitching in and and helping out everybody, their friends and neighbors, but also just other people in the community that they might have never known before. Well, Betsy, I hope we hope you can get, gain strength from all that love and support that you're getting locally, because that that's amazing. Yeah, oh, yes, we definitely do, and it's it really it makes us feel really great about our community. My husband, he might kill me if he hears this, but um, my they husband, never the listen. Other... They don't listen. <laughs> I know he went to one of my speaking engagements one day and he was like, you're really good at this. I'm like, yes, this is what I do. (laughs) He, um, we were out to dinner. We've eaten dinner out. Like we alternate between Indian food and Mexican food, Indian food and Mexican food, because that's our comfort food. So we, um, we were out at dinner the other night and he got a call from a random number and it was someone from one of the local churches, not our church that we attend, just another church. Um, saying, I, I heard that your dad's house was flooded. What can we do to help you? Hmm. And he just started crying for oh. 30 minutes. 
because of the just the feeling of that community and love and just unbelievable sacrifice that people are making to help every help each other. Well, Betsy, we wish you and the whole family all the best and your community. Anything you think the Satellite Sisterhood needs to know about Houston, go ahead and post on our Facebook group. I know people will be interested about what's happening in your day-to-day life and your weekly life and how you're rebuilding there. So feel free to do that over on the Facebook group. I know people will want to want to keep up and they'll probably ask how they can help. So you can figure out those ways too. If you see a need and you feel like it's appropriate, you can post that over at the Facebook group as well, Betsy. Okay. Awesome. I will do that. All right. Our best to everybody. To you and everybody. Thank you so much. And thank you sisters for having me on the air. I'm so excited, (laughs) even though it's a terrible reason to be on. I love the satellite sisters. Thanks Betsy. We love you, Betsy. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, wow. Okay. We're the Satellite Sisters. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be back. We're the Satellite Sisters. We're back. That was amazing to hear from Betsy firsthand because, Liz, as you said, she's an amazing person. (laughs) Every week she has something going on. Just an average week. You see Betsy, she'll be in the hospital with Henry, like in an ER. And then, you know, two hours later, she's posting something about some community thing she's doing. And then two hours later, it's a work-related thing. She's just an amazing person. So um, I'm so glad we got a chance to talk to her, Leanne. Yeah, I'm glad we did that too. And I'm sure she'll keep us updated on the Facebook group. But um, we did also have a lot of questions in the month of August about our family reunion. (laughs) So we're taking you way back now. A month that ago. That seems like a long time it ago. It does, yeah. man. It does. We had a family reunion in Bend, Oregon at the beginning of August. And uh, the last time we had a family reunion was 13 years ago. So it's not like we do this all the time. And over this past Christmas, we realized that we were looking, my brother Dick and I, we were looking at the pictures of the 13 years ago, the, the one big family photo. And we realized that all the grown-ups in that photo were now gone. Like our parents, our aunts and uncles between, you know, that year and now we've lost all of those people. So, uh-oh, we're the grown-ups. So that's why we decided, okay, time to do it again. The original family reunion was called the Clarman Stampede. Our mother's maiden name was Clarman. This is her side of the family. So we decided the Clarman Stampede rides again. And it was really fun, wasn't it, sisters? We had people come to Bend, Oregon for a couple of days. First night was the big uh, welcome event at our brother Dick's house. What were your highlights uh, for that night, Julie? Well, the fact that we made it, that was the highlight for me. Uh, First of all, I I believe I deserve a prize because I showed up with four grandchildren. I believe I'm the only one in our generation that, that, that walked into the reunion with that. But I just, for me, it was such, I just made a commitment to come to the reunion. I really wanted my grown uh, children, their wives and my grandchildren to have that sense of connection that they, they're in a family, but they're part of this larger group. And this was the best way to demonstrate it. And it was a huge financial thing to get everybody there. And then of course we had the usual travel ordeal, a flight that was six hours late, all kinds of stress, whatever. But we showed up and just to be there, to know that, Okay, we did it. We got everyone there. They had flown in from all different parts 
and that they could experience being part of this larger family and find that connection. For me, that was the highlight. Yeah, people were super happy just to be there. Leon, how about you? I would that say the same time. thing. It was just everybody you saw was like, oh my gosh, it's great to see you. Because it, yeah. it was great. It was great to see people. And, yeah. you know, we have been able to get together with small groups of cousins over the years, sometimes at happy things like weddings, sometimes at sad things like funerals. But this was just happy, happy, happy all the time. And there was a, you had the grandchildren, but then there was a solid you know, group of college kids that they don't get to see each other a lot. So for my two boys, it was great to be able to see my cousin's kids from, you know, from Kansas and Oregon and Seattle and, you know, the people that flew in from all over the place that they were able to connect with that group of cousins was really great. I also liked the swig rig we had the first night, which was an old uh, (laughs) milk truck that was outfitted with beer and wine. Now that... Parked in front of the house. Parked that was awesome. Yeah. That was that just... was the highlight. The other highlight, which I posted a video of, was the Uncle Dick Memorial Glider Launch. We did that the first night. Our Uncle Dick, when we were growing up, was the kind of uncle that always showed up with toys for all the kids at any family event, including the classic balsa wood gliders. So our cousin, Patty Kirshner, uh, created balsa wood gliders with the names on them of every family member who's no longer with us. And they were all decorated and everybody got one and we gathered on the steps of Dick house, Dick's house and we had the um, the glider launch all as one family and I actually found that super moving that was just a really nice moment yeah it was fun but it was it was moving yeah and then the fact that we just had a little photographer get photos was good I mean yes. she was a high school kid but she did a fantastic job paid photographer so <laughs> fantastic job but yeah, and again, then there was no, and there wasn't anything else official other than to visit with people, to have some good food, you know, to visit the swig rig. I mean, so we didn't have, you didn't have the event, like you didn't have to go to the wedding or something like that. <laughs> right. there, yeah, there, wasn't a, there wasn't a religious experience. Yeah. I didn't want to say that, but you know what I mean? It was just, it was all good fun and people could relax and just be delighted with each other. Yeah. Yes. So then meanwhile, over at my house, where we we were going to have the Saturday night barbecue and much talked about talent show, uh, there was just a great deal of production going on at my house all week. So I would like to take this moment to thank Leon, your husband, and your two boys for the whole, like, the backup of what needed to be in place before people arrived on Saturday night. It's a good thing I had the four extra people, the crew to to make it all happen because the amount of time your husband spent on Saturday rigging some kind of screen in my backyard so that we could watch the family movies that apparently were going to show up that was that he really put his heart and soul into that and it made a huge difference so thank you we we are good at that we are good on the ground we're a good team to have on the ground liz you sort of operate at an executive producer level and that's great <laughs> That was great. Which is another way of saying I don't I don't have my hands on anything. Right, right. A lot of great ideas. You had a lot of great ideas that new and we were happy to execute them. Julie, there was one we had lighting, we had I would also 
sound. Thank goodness we have several elementary school teachers in the family because when we put out a call for we need a projector that could run from someone's laptop, boom, somebody just went into their school in Eugene, Oregon and took a projector. So <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Shh, don't mention that. And then, Leanne, you had a whole interactive art project to greet all the guests when we arrived at Liz's house. That was something that just took off. It was supposed to be just a background screen that Liz wanted executed that you failed to do, and you threw it I on did. me. You called me in yes, a panic. I, did. I can't do it, Liz. Leanne, I can't do the screen. It's just too much. I can't, <laughs> I can't do the mural Liz wants. Okay. And the next thing you know, we're buying a giant canvas. We're executing handprints. Every member that got came, I painted their hands in different colors. They put their handprints on the on the canvas. They signed their names, where they were from, and it was all on a map of Oregon that my art student son had done. So that was a shocking first for our family, an interactive arts and crafts project yes. that was fully executed, fully executed and is now hung up in Liz's house. Not only did we execute it, we hung it up on the wall before we left. So, yes. Yeah. And it went with, I had an entire historical family photo exhibit that I created for my backyard. So that was a shocker to people. I did actually, I was hands-on with that one thing. It, it was, it was shocking. It I was, was a shock. it was really beautiful and moving pictures <laughs> from 30 years ago. You know, our parents, when they were young, just, there was a randomness and a specialness about the pictures that were there. Uh, it was great to see. It was all a yes. surprise. And Liz, you I had, had a little bit of, you had printed them up on eight by 11 paper, you know, just yes. at the staples, which looked great. And then we could hang them up. Some we just taped directly to the house. It was really, I mean, you had hundreds, so it was really yes. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It was people really enjoyed looking at that and seeing because we did have some super old ones, you know, like our grandfather on a battlefield in France in his doughboy uniform in the First World War up to very recent family wedding, weddings and things. So so that was fun. But we had the whole we had a lot of the photo exhibits set up in my backyard. And as you may or may not have noticed in the news, Oregon has been like a million degrees every day this summer and is also currently on fire. So I was I was worried about, where, am I really going to be able to draw people into the backyard? Because it's so hot back there. Maybe, maybe people are not going to go look at the photo exhibit. But our nephew, Leo Dolan, our brother Dick's son, who's a musician, he was going to be playing during cocktails. And he was setting setting up back there. And I was like, Leo, I'm worried that you're back here and no one's going to come back here to see you play. And here's what he said to me. He said, don't worry, Liz, people go where the music is. And I appreciate that kind of confidence from a 20 year old. And he was, he was exactly right. Everyone came into the backyard, even though it was a million degrees, Leo was playing. They enjoyed the photos. Uh, super good. Dinner was good, but it's really the talent show that people want to know about. Cause well, we gave that. Such so a big there was quite a there was quite a, an array of talent, surprisingly, um, <laughs> z, uh, in the family. There were quite a few of this college age generation had had musical talent, like singing. You know, a lot of singers, guitar players. Uh, that was surprising. and honestly, Lynn, I don't know where that came from because nobody in our generation has those right. Skills. No. Yes. 
We're and at the and at the previous stampede, the only talent was six year olds doing magic tricks. Yeah, so we had set the bar really low, so it was surprising and shocking that there was so much talent. They took it seriously. They had practice. They had beautiful songs. They introduced their songs. Uh, I mean, it was jaw dropping in terms of the level of talent. We had a multi generational improv troupe. Both my son and our sister-in-law, Susan, do improv. So Colin and Susan did some very funny improv right there. Yes, they were excellent. Very excellent. Yeah. And Monica and our brother Dick had uh, done, uh, they had done a little Q&A, kind of trivial pursuit questions. And that had some humor and fun in it and a lot of energy. They had worked on their material very well done. And then, of and course, Liam, the Glampede, you need to explain to people what you did to prep your dance troupe for the Glampede. Well, I, so I had a multi-generational dance troupe that consisted mainly of three generations in our family. So we had grandchildren, us, the next-gen satellite sisters, Lauren and Catherine, Julie and I. We were ready to go. I had sent out a video of the dance that everyone was supposed to learn, and I had ordered sparkling baseball caps, bedazzled baseball caps. That was we really- looked so good, and we had practiced, Leanne. We had, we had extra time in the Denver airport, so we had gone over the line dance many times to practice it. And we felt and we like had- we should be first in the show to be yeah. uh, for the biggest impact, and then we, I just wanted to sit down, basically. So, uh, <laughs> so I thought we did well. It was hard to hear the music. Our music was not as loud as it should have been and there were a few miscues but in terms of general visual impact i think we did well because we and we got robbed Leon. right we got robbed we're bitter about it right absolutely robbed by the judges there was no acknowledgement whatsoever that this had actually taken like weeks and preparation and rehearsal and you know i thought we were pretty good so (laughs) You guys were great. That was the problem with coming up at the top of the show. I think that the celebrity judging panel, three other members of the family family who had prepared nothing for the show, so by default became the judges, um, I think they just forgot about you by the time it came for the award ceremony. We were sort of outranked in the older generation by um, Jack, who is longtime boyfriend of Cousin Patty. Uh, Yes. Who, I don't know, Jack said a dozen words in 25 years. I mean, <laughs> right. is that, I mean, Jack is a That's super, right. super duper nice Very guy. Very nice guy, shows up at family yeah. events. You're all, and, and every time you're like, hi, Jack, how are you? He said, I'm fine. How are you? And that's it. And yeah. then you move on. Yeah. I mean, little totally, did we know, Leanne. We did not right? know that Jack is like a sessions musician in New York, plays regularly with the band, and he stood up there and killed it. Like, schooled those college kids on, like, what (laughs) rock and roll and performance sounds like. He was fantastic. So, Jack... Yeah, it was his opening number was Wooly Bully, you know. I mean, he was fantastic and just got a lot of surprise factor, I think. I mean, I think people expected the Glampede to be good, and we delivered. And uh, But I think Jack was surprised. And then our cousin Sean did... I don't even... It's it's going to go down in the history of family events, and it's always going to be the guidance, like, don't do what Cousin Sean did at the last <laughs> family reunion. Whatever well, you he's do. A, he's a great fiddle player. He's a great he's... fiddle player. But he worked up a routine that just it involved a lot of um, explanation of things, and he worked blue, which <laughs> yeah, he, he was rich. Was great for Julie's grandkids to see the the blue I, I'm professor. Just Any day, the eight year old, my eight year old grandson is gonna you know, my my son and daughter in law are gonna get a call 
to come pick him up because he has recreated the uh, the talent show portion that cousin Sean did out at the Carmen Stampede because his eyes were popping out of his head when he saw this grand finale. That was an obscene joke. That's all. It was an obscene say. joke involving a fiddle. I don't. A one-armed fiddle. Okay, use your imaginations, people. Use your imaginations. That's what happened in Liz's backyard. Yeah, and we still cannot believe it, right? And he, he, and he did it in character. So it was sort of a you know Mark Twain esque monologue that went on for a long time. I believe he was very sick and wasn't going to come to the reunion, so he was yeah. also on heavy medication. And <laughs> Somehow he seemed to take the grand prize. Like I don't understand. I just I kept. But thinking. there were special prizes. We were very concerned, Julie. You had been campaigning for your grandchildren for months that they needed to get recognition. Right. And so the prize committee, which is different than the judges, the people that made the prizes. Again, this is when your go-to people are the people that work in elementary schools. Right. Uh, they created big stars and necklaces and things so that all the grandchildren did get their own prize. They were all very happy. They were adorable. They, you know, we had uh, Alice had a full gymnastics routine that she did up on the stage she nailed which it. was which she nailed she it nailed that it. was not a costume change that's yes what I- it was a costume change some adorable dancing just enough not too long not they too didn't long. stay too long and then they moved on but yes they were very happy with their awards yep so anyway, that that sort of wraps up the um, the family reunion recap. Maybe in the in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, I haven't put up any pictures from the the Saturday night talent show event. If I can find any that I think are fun, I will uh, I will post those for you. But all in all, wouldn't you say, sisters, a good time was had by all? Yes, it was something that I'll cherish, and it just has left me with such a sense, you know, uh, just. Such such a wonderful sense of connection, and uh, it's it's a feeling that I hope to just take me through the fall. Mm-hmm. It's true, you know. I know it's a lot of work, and it was some it was forward planning. You guys pulled the trigger a year ago. You set a date. You decided to do it. You sent out emails and reminders and got people on board. And if you're thinking about doing it for your family, you know, don't hesitate. Don't wait, Julie. You were the one that said no, no. Two years is too long. Let's do it next summer. Uh, because it was really fun, and it, it's so easy for families to to get disconnected. Even though we have all this social media, which helps a little bit, you know, to actually spend time together and go on hikes together and laugh together and have coffee together, it was fantastic. And it it does it is multi generational. That was the nice thing. Like now, Julie's grandchildren are connected to our cousins from Boston in a way that's unique, and I think it's wonderful. So I'm with you. If you're if you're considering doing it. Go for it. But yeah, especially in charge. To Monica, Monica led the morning hikes. Yeah. So she wasn't sure anyone was going to turn up and she got a massive turnout both mornings. So yeah. yep. that was really nice, too. Yeah. Everybody had a specialty and it was executed and people did a great job. Liz or Dick, our executive producers, did a fan- fantastic job. And thanks, you guys, for the surprise birthday cake for me. My birthday. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We had a surprise. We actually surprised Liz with the birthday cake and a giant mass of balloons on Friday night. Uh, so uh, so that was very good. We were pretty proud of ourselves, yeah, Liz. Yeah, Julie orchestrated that. She did a good job. My Julie and Monica. next week, but we knew we were going to be together then. So, so that was awesome. Thank you very much. So you're right. Totally worth the effort. Yeah. You can't do it every year. Maybe no. more often every 13 years. I don't know. But I'm just so glad we did it. Yep. Me too. Me too. 
Um, all right. What else is going on? Oh, I just want to remind people, um, if you have been enjoying our Satellite Sisters TV recaps, we are going to carry on with the recaps of Madam Secretary and Poldark this fall. Uh, we will not be doing Outlander. So um, we we're going to be, be watching it. We, we watching... might make some out, uh, Outlander uh, references, but we're not we're not going to be able to uh, do a recap on that. It right. was just too much for us because they're all weekend shows, and it was just too much that we'd never had the three of them going simultaneously. So, and and time, you know how Julie feels about time travel. So, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sorry. Yeah. I'm not sorry. She's not sorry. Uh, uh, so, um, but those will start in October. But we have a separate feed now. For years, I we've been putting them up on the same Satellite Sisters feed. Not this fall. We're going to clean up our Satellite Sisters feed. It's just going to be the Satellite Sisters show. You will need to subscribe, and please do, to Satellite Sisters Talk TV. You can find it at Apple Podcasts. I'm working on other platforms, but slowly. (laughs) This is a very hands-on project, me uploading one at a time, all our TV recaps. But um, you'll find the two seasons we've recapped of Madam Secretary are all up there. Poldark uh, season two is all up. I'll get season one up uh, this week. But um, please do subscribe to that RSS feed. That's the only one where you'll find the recaps. And tell your friends. Tell your friends. So there's that. Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. And and we're back. Here we go. Yeah. All right. Se- season eighteen. We had the confab last night about what exactly what exact season number is it? <laughs> Just call season, it eighteen. We're season eighteen. It. We're going with it. And thanks everybody for subscribing to the Satellite Sisters feed too and leaving us ratings and reviews there. We really, really do appreciate it. So okay, so what do you guys have going on this week? Anything uh anything? Well, major? we're getting ready because Leanne's coming to Dallas. We're coming to so Dallas. This is gonna be exciting. How exciting. She's gonna be we're gonna be at St. Michael's Women's Gift Exchange. So uh, on uh, Wednesday, September 13th. So uh, join us. We yeah. have coordinated our outfits. And at one yeah. point I said to Julie, I don't know, I'm thinking about a like an animal print blazer. And there was just silence on the other end of the phone. So yeah. I knew yeah. I shouldn't go that route. So nice. no, I won't be in that. <laughs> Leave the cheetah home, Leanne. That's what I say. So, But don't <laughs> worry, I'm getting my hair cut, Julie. Getting, get, going back to a nice fresh bob. I've been, it's been okay. long for a while, but... Going to get a cut on Thursday. So that's it. Yeah, that's that. Okay, well, on next week's show, I'm going to have my complete Emmy voting report. You know, I'm an Emmy voter, and so I had to do all of my voting. We didn't have time on this week's show for that, but I want to do it next week before the Emmys, which are the 17th of September. So you have that to look forward to next week. Fantastic. All right. Plus, Plus, it's your birthday. birthday. Okay. I'll leave the rest of the show to you guys. These series of surprises. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. Remember the balloons and bends? I think no, we did it, Liz. We did you it. got it. You got that everything. Your okay, okay. Your right. nice speech. You got the Wonder Woman bracelet. You got a lot there, Liz. Hundred <laughs> percent satisfied. So okay, there you go. Uh, thanks, you guys. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.